0: Welcome to Ackerman Education Podcast, supporting the needs of teachers in education today. I'm Malka Ackerman. Here, I will answer your questions and challenge you to lesson plan more purposefully, creatively and effectively, to build culture more intentionally, and to improve your awareness and responsiveness to the needs and goals of your students. Join me as we empower one another, and create conditions for our ultimate goal, improved student learning. Welcome to episode one, overwhelmed, start with a map. I was asked a question the other day that I thought was a great place to start. Here goes, I am so overwhelmed, I just don't know where to start. My school is planning for in-person classes and hybrid and distance learning, and they're planning for starting in person, but being able to go distance learning at any second. How can I possibly prepare for all of this? Well, here's the latest news. You can't. Nope, not possible. So where does that leave you? Completely overwhelmed? It doesn't have to. Let's talk about what you can plan for. You can prepare for the skills and content that you want your students to learn and gain. You can prepare for what you want your students to walk away with, what standards you want them to hit. What you want your students to learn should influence your entire year. This has always been the case, but it is much more pronounced via distance learning. I don't know about you guys, and I would love to hear more about you in the comments, but our schedules were cut and classes were shortened when we had to move to distance learning. We needed to teach students with less time. Some of you may not have had the actual cut in class time, but everything just takes longer over Zoom. That and the need to schedule in time for emotional well being cut mo- much of my instructional time that I used to take for granted. So, this forced me to identify what's the most important. And that's the rule I went with over distance learning. If it wasn't of primary importance, I cut it out. That doesn't mean that I only taught difficult lessons because sometimes what is the most important is a discussion of students working through a concept together. Or what is the most important is in assisting students to making connections with one another over the distance learning platform. What is the most important? That is for you, and only you to figure out. Well, with the help of the standards. You see, your administrators trust you when they hired you to plan and to teach while working together with the standards that are hopefully clearly laid out, and sometimes not so clearly laid out. They trust you to identify what do you think is the most important for your students to hit those standards. Your job is to identify the goals before the year starts, not the lessons necessarily. Now I know that's difficult for the type A personalities among us who in years past have lessons planned over the summer so that they're ready to go to September. But unlike all other years, who can say for sure about anything? Who can say what September 1st will look like? What we can say for sure is students will be there to learn and you will be there to teach them. So that lesson that you worked so hard on last year, but you can't use it. Yep, that's frustrating, but don't get caught up in it. I'm going to restate what you want your students to learn should influence your entire year. This has always been the case, but. It is much more pronounced via distance learning, which is why no matter what our year is going to look like, it is so essential for you to have your goals and standards pre-planned and to pre-plan how you're going to assess for them. We are going to call this mapping your curriculum. I'm including a link to a mapping template for you to use in my notes. Use one template per unit. You will likely have eight to 12 templates per course that you teach. My recommendation to you is to map your curriculum. This doesn't mean you should write down which topics you plan to hit each month and which lessons you plan to do every day of the year. In the past, maybe you that has proven valuable to you, but never has there been a time where we could be less certain about what our year will look like. So what does it mean to map your curriculum? Means to break apart your units into categories. On the template, each category gets its own box. So I will refer to categories as boxes here on out. The six boxes I laid out are one, standards, two, essential questions, three, vocabulary, four, content knowledge, five, skills, and six, assessments. I will break each of these down for you. Let's start with box one, standards. I know, scary for some of you, but effective for others. Let me explain. For some of us, we get handed a book of standards and it's like, go for it. The expectations on us and the students is clear. Getting there may be a little more difficult, but we know exactly where we need to go, where we're heading. For others, There are no clearly defined standards and it's up to you to work them out, maybe on your own or maybe with some help from your department or another teacher, but the job's on you. Either way, both of you have some work to do. If you are given the standards, start to internalize them, break them down and understand them. Why is this something that is important for a student to learn? And if you don't think it's important, Figure out how someone could have valued it enough to put it there. Make the standards mean something. Same goes if you're making the standards up on your own. Figure out what is it that you want your students to learn by the completion of your course and ensure that you connect to the why it's important for students to learn this. While the discussion of standards and each forthcoming box deserves an episode of its own, I will bring one more point to this discussion. According to the Common Core websites, educational standards are the learning goals for which students should know and be able to do at each grade level. Educational standards are not a curriculum. Local communities and educators choose their own curriculum, which is a detailed plan for day-to-day teaching. So when you think about the standards, it's really important to separate them from how you're gonna go about teaching them. They are the goals that we're hoping students will meet. With that, let's move on to box two, essential questions. Essential questions are the questions that you will start each lesson or group of lessons off with. Take all of your smaller questions and clump them together into a deep, thought-provoking, stimulating questions. The students will work toward to answer. It's not a question they can answer in five minutes. It's not a yes or no question. It's something that they really have to think about. Very thought provoking. They should apply the content that you've taught toward the essential question, which is where the content comes in. But the essential question is not directly testing the content. It's asking them to dive a little deeper. The aim of an essential question is to provoke inquiry and spark more questions, including thoughtful student questions, not just pat answers. They are provocative and generative. That quote is from the book, What Is an Essential Question? Where they further break this down, they explain. An essential question is, who is a true friend? Whereas the non-essential question becomes, who is Maggie's best friend in the story? You can see in this simple example, the non-essential question, who is Maggie's best friend, is a reading comprehension question that's important, that's a skill that needs to be taught and developed. But it's not the essential question which really, really defines our, how we're going to plan the lessons. The essential question is, who is the truth? friend. The student needs to understand the story, to use their reading comprehension and what they learned about Maggie to answer the essential question. That's where the content comes in. Once you have the standards and the goals of your units, list three to four essential questions per unit. How deeply do you want the students to think about the material and what core questions can guide your lessons? or rather you're learning, they're learning. Moving to box three, vocabulary. I want you to think about what vocabulary do students need to know to access the information? This is academic vocabulary and it is often content specific. However, it is not always content specific. Sometimes students have real vocabulary lapses that need to be addressed in order for them to understand the topic and think about what does that vocabulary look like and pre-plan for it. Box four, content knowledge. This is what you want your students to know, to walk away with. Many teachers really get stuck here in the content knowledge. It's often how teachers plan. They break up their topics into topic one, topic two, and then that's it. They, they go ahead and plan the unit based off of that. I taught anatomy once, and I needed to teach about the cardiovascular system. And day one, we learned the heart, and day two, we learned the veins. It's really easy to get stuck here in content knowledge, but notice I didn't mention it until here. I didn't mention it until I already thought about what the standards were, what the essential questions are. And it's only one box of six. I want you to think about that when you're, um, when you're planning your lessons. Box number five, skills. What skills specific non-content pedagogy are you teaching? Okay, that was a really long sentence. What that means is skills are different than content knowledge. Skills are different because they often span topics and even though we teach them through content, they can be distinguished from the content. So some skills that you may be working on in your class, some examples are, do you expect your students to learn how to break apart a word? Notice the actual word that they're working on may be the content specific knowledge, but the skill is in breaking apart the word. Another example, do you want to um, teach your students how to read a figure? That actual figure may be the content specific focus, but the skill is in figuring out how to read that figure, how to follow the arrows, how to look for context clues. The same can be said for do you want your students to discover evidence in a text? The content might be this particular evidence The skill is in reading comprehension or in identifying the difference between a claim and evidence. You've made it to the final box, box six, assessments. Now once you know what you want your students to learn, pre-plan how you're going to assess for that learning. Map your assessments early. Your assessments are your way of knowing if your students learned what you wanted them to learn. You don't need to make the actual assessment, especially now during distance learning, it would be very difficult to do that. You don't need to decide if it's going to be multiple choice or free response or project based. This is the time to consider what you are going to be assessing for, what skills, what knowledge, what student learning. A well-executed assessment can be a way to test your teaching of the material just as much as it is a way to test how well the students learn the information. You can pre-plan large assessments. The smaller, more frequent, what I like to call feedback assessments will have to be planned more organically and with the planning of each specific lesson. So there you have it. Those are the six boxes that will help you gain control over this very uncertain school year. Through mapping your curriculum, You bring the focus, the clarity, and the intentionality into your lesson planning. You understand exactly what you want the students to learn, and you know in advance how you are going to assess for that learning. That's where you can start. Don't be tempted by that awesome lesson that you just pinned. Save it. Pin it. But don't plan it. Move on. Save the how you're going to teach, the cool projects, the lessons that you love, but you're not sure if you're going to use it, save all of it. Don't focus on that now. For now, start with the map. You'll see, once the map is created, not only does everything else fall into place, but the focus is completely different. Your lesson planning becomes much more focused and less overwhelming. It is not about the how, as much as it is about the why and the what. If you can focus on the why and the what right now, then no matter what happens this year, you'll be able to fill it in with your hows. I find, myself included, as teachers, we're often, so often tempted to flip it and focus more on the how. How are we going to engage students? How are we going to design the lessons? And I encourage you, for this year, Start with the why, and start with the what I want students to know by making a map. I hope this was helpful. I would love to hear your feedback. If you have any questions related to curriculum and instruction, please send it to me, and I hope to answer it in a future podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ackerman Education.